I'm gonna, a little bit of confession going into the message. Um, one, so we've been going through Ephesians, right? So David has never really asked me when I have the opportunity to speak. He's never really given me a direction. It's always kind of been dealer's choice. I pray when I want. This is the only time he's like, hey, can you tie it in to Ephesians 5? So I went to read Ephesians 5 again just to make sure it was what I thought it was about. And it was about sexual morality and husbands and wives and stuff like that. And I was like, hard pass. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to let him do that. So this is me completely acknowledging that we're probably not going to be that much at all in Ephesians 5. Sorry. Um, But um, I think I will tie it in a little bit to what we've been talking about in general. I will also, confession time, um, I was telling Robert before we got started, this might be a message that I've done the most study on a single topic um, since my time in grad school. Uh, so, you know, get ready, buckle in. We have plenty of time. You have all day, right? Y'all have all day. No. Um, so I have a lot within me. I know what I want to say. I'm really excited to see how it's going to get said. Um, so, um, another confession here. I, um, this, this type of message is actually, it's one, it's very much my style and very much not my style. So, uh, today what I want to preach on, what I want to speak on is praise and worship. That's what we're going to talk about today is praise and worship. And in it, so that's like a topical message, right? If I were to try to look throughout scripture and because when you're, when you're studying a topical message, uh, good Bible teachers teach you that you should go look up as close to every passage that references that word to get an understanding for it. Okay. Good luck when it comes to praise and worship in scripture, right? I tried to actually get a number of how many times it's referenced in scripture and no one agrees on the number. 300, 400, 500, even greater, 600 times. That's if you take just the words praise and worship. What if you take about commands that say magnify the Lord? Now we have a new word, right? Glorify him, exalt him. Those are acts of praise and worship. So I, let's just say, I couldn't find how many times it's actually in scripture. But if you are standing in the Bible and throw a rock, you're going to hit a verse or passage on praise and worship. Let's be honest. So in this topical style message that isn't my teaching style normally, I'm so excited because really what we're going to do is this isn't so much a preaching message, it's a teaching message. So hopefully you like the teaching messages. If you don't so much, not that David doesn't do teaching messages, but like go come back next week and David will be back and it'll be good. So, um, but you know, some of us in here do. And so we're going to go through that. So um, when it comes to praise and worship, right, whether uh, directly or indirectly, it's all throughout scripture, as I mentioned here. Um, but I would say that like, if I were to really stop and kind of think about praise and worship too often in my own life, I've like reduced it or limited it to music time on Sunday morning. Like kind of like we refer to this hour that we're gathering together as the worship service. Like that's what we put in the newsletter and things like that. Right. Is we call this the worship service. And if I were to ask you, is that all worship really is? Most of you in this room in your head would be like, no, I know the answer I'm supposed to say is no, that's not all worship is. But if our lives were to answer that question, what have we possibly reduced ourselves to? Like, what have we reduced this down to? So this, this message may be a little convicting. That's okay, right? Convicting is just God convincing us of something in our life. It may call us for, you like that, Isaac? It may call us to have a little repentance. That's okay. Repentance just means turning and going in opposite direction. What it's not going to do, what it should never do is bring shame or guilt 
or regret or anything like that. Those are not words that belong to the Lord. Amen. And his people. So um, this week, like I said, waist deep in word studies. Waist deep in word studies. Uh, the office has been quiet. David's been gone. So I've been studying, uh, which isn't so bad. I'm not going to lie. Um, I probably am a little convicted that I've been a bit of a distraction to him. So sorry about that. Um, so in this, I'm going to answer three questions. All right. Hopefully, prayerfully. First question, why is praise and worship so important? What is the difference between praise and worship? Have any of you ever kind of wondered that? Like you'll use them in the sentence together. You think, you know, you, everybody in this room, if I asked that to everybody in the room, they'd probably have a little bit of definition. Well, I'm going to hopefully make some, bring some clarity to that question. What's the difference between praise and worship? And then why is it important to see a difference between the two? All right. In these three questions, I'm actually going to start with question number two. Okay. So let's define praise and worship. Starting with praise in Psalm 104. If you have a Bible, and I hope you do, but I am going to go fast. I reduced this message down from 100 scriptures to, I think, 10. True story, not lying. Might have been watching some football and deleting scripture out of my message. It was really weird. All right, so Psalm, 100, uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. So this word we have in here, thanksgiving, we have praise, we have thanks, we have blessed his name. All of these can be acts of worship just in this one scripture. And every single one of these words represent a different word in the Hebrew language. We have one word. Here we have, what, three, maybe four? Thanksgiving and thanks, a variation of the same word. So that's where our count gets lost. But scripture is very clear. So all throughout, what, what do we see? Who's directed to praise God or who is told to us does praise God? Angels and heavenly hosts, they're commanded to praise the Lord. All inhabitants of the earth, not just followers of Jesus, all inhabitants of the earth are instructed to praise the Lord. We can praise them with singing, with shouting, with dance, with musical instruments. At its base, the word praise is the expression of approval or admiration for someone or something. It's the lavishing of encouragement and approval. And it means to ascribe value or merit. So I want to, again, I want to go through some of these Hebrew words. Let's, let's break down a lot of these words that when we're just reading scripture and we see praise and we see thanksgiving, what are some of the words that are being used? Well, most commonly used more than 165 times. We're Oh, and also we're just going to talk the Hebrew words today. We're not even getting into the Greek. See, I did edit, guys. Some of y'all are going to go, not enough. That's okay. I love that Eric. Eric, of all people, laughed at that joke the hardest. Like the hardest praise and worshiper in the room thought that was funny. Amen. So the first word, halal. Halal. H-A-L-A-L. Halal. Yeah? This is the root word for hallelujah. It is the highest form of praise. The root of halal. The root halal itself is actually a variation of a root word that literally means to shine a light on to make bright. It means to rave about something or someone, to boast, to celebrate. This is my favorite, to become foolish or raving mad, right? It is literally the most basic translation is to spin yourself 
like a top. Isn't that cool? Halal, hallelujah. When we say that in scripture, and we'll say it, hallelujah, we'll write it on shirts, we'll raise it in a song. Thank you, Jen Johnson and the Bethel team. We raise our hallelujah, right? What are we doing? We are shining a light. We are going crazy in admiration for someone or something. The next word that's most commonly used after that is yada. I love yada. It's actually the root word of yod, which is used so throughout scripture, and I'm not allowed to teach all about just that one word right now, but the root yod means hand in scripture, right? So this word yada means to throw or cast out, to extend it out with our hand, right? So when you're taking things that say, we are going to praise God, but that Hebrew word says yada, we are going to throw out our hands in joy and excitement. What's really cool, Psalm 111.1, both these words are used in the same song. It says, hallelujah, I will praise the Lord with all my heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. What is it says, I'm good, hallelujah, let's spin around, let's dance, let's go crazy. Let's throw our hands up to the Lord with all my heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. Oh, that's a bit convicting if I start using that to compare to my worship style and my praise, right? Like, am I willing to look foolish? Am I willing to spin myself about for his glory? Am I willing to maybe put myself aside to shine a light on what God is doing in my life? You want to know who people who don't have a problem doing that? The people that were in Sanford Stadium last night. They had no problem looking foolish last night. They didn't, and I like, neither did I in my living room, right? I had no problem halal It was really hard to watch that game and talk about praise and worship to God at the same time. I'll, I'll be, I'll tell you, there's, there can be a fine line on Saturdays, right? Next word, a barak, to kneel and bless, to act in adoration implies continual uh, conscious giving a place to God, to be attuned to his presence. That's used 303 times in in different ways. Karar, to dance. Shabak, to shout or command in a loud tone. Taka, to clap our hands. All these words, we just read it in scripture and you have no idea that that's what it's saying because it just says praise. Here's a fun one, tada. Tada, it means the same root as yada, but it actually has like an emphasis on it. Literally means the extension of the hands. It literally means tada, God. <laughs> like it does. There's a word that literally, I mean, the Hebrews didn't know tada, but we do. Isn't God cool how he wrote that? When you're reading scripture, I, I wish we had Hebrew Bibles that would say this one's tada. So you're like tada, right? I'm sure, I'm sure some of you, I know that's how Mark Francis reads his scripture. Zamar, this is for our worship team, Zamar, to touch strings or play an instrument in worship. Tehalah, which is also a continuous uh, root of halal, tehalah, to sing spontaneously and wildly and expereneously. Sorry, that's hard to read and say at the same time. This is the type of praise that often is described in Revelation, actually. When it comes to praising God, It is the acknowledgement of who he is and the joyful recounting of what he's done. 
It's closely intertwined with thanksgiving. It's something we offer back to God in appreciation for his mighty work on our behalf. Scripture is usually presented, uh, praise as boisterous, as joyful, as uninhibited. God invites all kinds of his creation to praise him. And Jesus even said, if you don't do it, the rocks will cry out. Luke 19, 40. If we don't do that, if we don't go stark raving mad and shining a light on the glory of God, the rocks are going to do it. I don't want the rocks to speak for me. He deserves so much more. A value at this church, a, a pillar, I like to say a flavor that we should be seasoned with, that we want to be seasoned with here at Hope Church is zeal and passion. This should come out in our praise to God. There's a scripture. So let's look at 1 Chronicles 15. 1 Chronicles 15, verse 27, 29. What's happening in this story is they are moving the Ark of the Covenant into another place here. And David is going, I'm just going to say, he's going nuts in celebration. Picking up in verse 27. Now David was dressed in a robe of fine linen, as were all the Levites who were carrying the Ark, as well as the singers and the Kenaniah, who was the worship leader. The music leaders of the singers, David, also wore a linen ephod. So all Israel brought up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord with shouts and with the sound of the ram's horn, trumpets and cymbals, and playing the harps and the lyres as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was entering the city. David, um, city of David, excuse me, Saul's daughter, Michael looked down from the window, saw King David leaping and dancing, and she despised him in her heart. Now, that'll preach a different message, but all I'm going to say is he was worshiping so hard it made someone else uncomfortable. And God said that David was a man after his own heart. When David danced before the Lord, he did so with his might. He did so in a public setting. He did it wildly. The book of Samuel recounts this exact same story. And it actually says, that David, there's the reason it's talking about David's clothes here is it matters, okay? So we don't really know necessarily what a linen ephod is and all that kind of stuff. Let me just break it down for you. David prays so hard, he had to strip down to his underwear in public. That's what it's telling us. I'm not making that up. That is what it says. I'm not making a suggestion of a new worship style here at Hope. <laughs> Zeal. Hey, David, uh, Pastor David, Jessica said that we should show up in our underwear next week. <laughs> you know, ta-da! Exactly. Good job, George. Nice. Point for George. Point for George. That's good. <laughs> you bet, man. But that is to the extent that David was going here. David knew the promises of God on his life. And in the Ark of the Covenant being moved, that was a fulfillment for him. He had a word from the Lord that he was seeing come to pass. Not just a word of the Lord from him, but for his people, for, his, for those he was called to lead. How many of you like have been called into a position that you, were thought, you thought were, was beyond you on your behalf? I'll just give you a suggestion. Parenthood, being a wife, being a husband, there you go. It's beyond you. You're called to it beyond for someone beyond you. And then God shows up faithfully to you 
and equips the call. That's what David's going through here. But here's the thing about praise. Praise is universal. It can be universal. It can be applied to all types of relationships. We can praise almost anyone and anything. We can praise family, friends, coworkers, artists, musicians, sports teams. How about them dogs? Go Tigers. Oh, did I say that? I did. But it, it, it is. If that, if that seems weird that I'm saying we can praise anything, Scripture actually encourages it. Romans 13, 7, give honor where honor is due. Philippians 4, 8, we think and, we think and act and meditate on anything that is praiseworthy. Proverbs 27, 2 encourages us to let others praise us. Don't go praising yourself. And then Proverbs 31 talks about how a wife is praised by her husband, that her children bless her. So praising other people is okay. We should do that. But praise doesn't always necessarily cost us something, and it probably should. You can praise your dog for not doing something bad or for doing something good, right? You can say, well done, good job. Praise is often a response to an action that generally benefits us, right? And we feel kind of generous in giving praise. Look at me, I did a good job. I told them they did a good job. Like, we should praise other people, and I'm being reminded right now, I want to take to Coach Mark Francis, Tristan, way to go. They won region this past Friday. Awesome. Way to go. I got to go to the game. That defensive line, strong, strong. And I do mean it. But praise, praise should cost us something. There's a temptation to praise God from the same motivation of look at me, aren't I so generous that I extended praise? But what about when God doesn't come through for you the way you think he should, right? In a diagnosis, in a broken relationship, in the need of resources that aren't hitting the bank account. Like, where do we praise God there? In times where God seems really far away, and praise is the last thing that we want to just bubble out joyfully. Ta-da, God. We don't see his goodness in the circumstances at that moment. And really what's within us, if we're really honest, many of us just want to scream, I think you've forgotten me. Like, let's be honest. To praise God in those times requires personal sacrifice. It takes an act of our will to lay down our expectations and not allow our circumstances, very different word I almost said, circumstances, but not allow for, through him, through Jesus, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips that confess his name. We bring a sacrifice of praise when we don't feel like it. We choose to believe that even though life is not going the way we think it should, we apply faith over feelings. I'll say that again. We apply our faith over our feelings. And we declare, might even shout and dance a hallelujah. We say that God is still good and worthy of my trust. We choose to pray God, in spite of the storms, we honor him, and in it, our faith grows deeper. There's a really popular song, you know, this is how I fight my battles, and there's some 
I'll be honest, there's some jokes amongst some people I know regarding that song because in that song, you got to know what you're already doing. It doesn't, the song itself doesn't really teach in the moment. Like wh this, what's this? What What's the this and that? The this is looking at him and praising him regardless of the form. That's how I fight the battles. I actually, uh, my playlist this morning, the song came on, I will praise before my breakthrough, right? Our praise is a prophetic word of, I know I don't see it now, but it's coming. So don't let me miss a moment in my timeline of history to praise you because I'm waiting on something. There are moments that you need to praise. You need to praise God for some of the things you want that you're seeing in other people's life. I wanted to for the sake of time, but I got a prayer request right here that Chris Hughes turned in in February. Her husband didn't at the time know about. They just asked us to pray for his job. And out of nowhere, to share your testimony quickly, out of nowhere, he gets a call. And he gets a job that's closer, that's better. That I mean, just out of nowhere, he gets, like, it just happened. And you start one week and a week. Yeah, starts in a week. Right? So if you're looking for a job, if you're looking, you can't imagine a way out. This prayer is, I don't, we don't see a way out right now, but we need breakthrough. We need something to change. Yeah, we need a shift. Yeah. Can I, can I quote a little of this? Sucking the life out of him. Praise God for a praying wife. So you know what? You can join with Dan in his praise prophetically in your own life. If that's something you need, one, I'd ask Dan to come pray for me. Like, pray for me. I want to receive what you got. Not in jealousy, but just pray for me. And two, praise God because he does it. Whether you're seeing it in your life or not, you know, <laughs> he's not a respecter of persons, meaning he don't pick favorites and just apply, you know, what he does for one, he'll do for another. Our praise is not a reward to God for a job well done. Check your heart. Good job, God. I approve. Keep it up. Isaiah 29, 13, it's not up there. These people come near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Real praise continues regardless of the circumstances. It screams, it claps, it dances, it throws its hands up, and it says, you are God. I see you for who you are. I acknowledge what you're doing, whether I see that or not. It flows continually from a worshiping heart. So that begs the question, what is worship? Worship comes from a different place within us. Where praise comes from our soul, our mind, our will, emotions, sometimes what we, we cause our spirit to engage in praising. Worship comes from our spirit our true identity that's become alive to God. And worship is not universal. Let's be very clear. Worship is to God and God alone. If you have any questions on that, please see the first and second commandments. <laughs> Looking at specifically the words in worship, there's really three, maybe a variation of four words in the Hebrew, depending on, if they become forms of other words, but kadad, from the root word meaning to shrivel up. Love that. To be contracted or to bend the body. Specifically, it's the, 
bowing of the head motion. Uh, every time Kadad actually isn't referenced as, as worship itself in scripture, it's that they came before and they bowed their head. They just, that, that action right there is the Kadad. They bowed their head before them. Um, talks about different, you know, they bowed their head in prayer. They bowed their head in blessing. The Sagad or Sagid, to prostrate or lay oneself down, to fall down in homage. What's interesting, the Sagad or Sagid is all reference to pagan worship. So that's another thing when trying to get a worship count is it's hard to subtract the ones that are not to God when you're referencing that. But the main worship word, 172 times referenced the shakah. It's an act of bowing down, of crouching, crouching down. It's the act of like actively making yourself flat before the one that you were before. To conform yourself in respect of who you are worshiping to conform scripture presents praise like i said is boisterous joyful innovative but god invites oh that's not where i'm supposed to be there we go anyway it does he does do all that but when the bible mentions worship it does change tones there's verses like worship the lord in beauty and holiness come let us worship let us bow down So what's the difference between the two? Just as praise is closely intertwined to thanksgiving, worship is intertwined to surrender, to responding with your life, not just with your words. It's impossible to worship God and anything else at the same time. You cannot be simultaneously responding with the proper act of worship at the same time to two different things. It is reserved for God and God alone. Praise can be a part of worship, and it is. But worship goes beyond praise. I would venture to say that praise is easy. Worship is not. If anything, praise is that subset. When we praise God for what he has done, this leads us into praising God for who he is. It's a setup. It sets us up. And this is why we're instructed to enter his courts with thanksgiving or his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We're told to enter with thanksgiving because it's setting us up. What has he done? And then more so, who is he? And when we begin to see who he is, looking beyond what he's done, but truly who he is, our only proper response is to bow. Our proper response is to bend, to move, to like conform our lives in light of who he is. To truly worship God, we let go of self-worship. We humble ourselves before God. We surrender every part of ourselves, our lives to his control, to his will. Ways that we can worship God. Yes, praise and thanksgiving. Teaching, preaching, scripture reading, meditation, studying the scriptures, journaling. Found this scripture that I loved. It says, this will be written down for generations to come that people yet to be created may praise the Lord. (laughs) Grandmas, grandpas, moms, dads, journaling what the Lord has done for you and giving that as a physical inheritance to your children and grandchildren. That'd be powerful, wouldn't it? 
remembering him, taking time to go, you came through for me then, you will come through for me now. Otherwise, that was a waste, right? Prayer, singing, confession, obedience. Jesus says that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Being in a church community, tithing and giving. It says each should choose to give as they purpose in their heart. God loves a hilarious giver. Serving others, Lord's Supper, baptism, prophecy, encouragement, intentionally asking God, do you have something you want me to say to someone else on your behalf? And then conforming your life, as embarrassing as it, or like nervous as it may make you, to do that. Seeking opportunities to share our testimony, to share that what God has done for us, what Jesus and freedom in, in him looks like. How did you get there? Work. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. You know people who worship God through their work, you know what they get? Promotions. The renewing of our mind to think as he thinks. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Others say this is the only reasonable act of worship. Do not let or do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I actually like how the message puts this because I think it really sums up what should worship look like. Many people say worship's a lifestyle. Romans 12, 1 through 2 in the message, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you in the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you, that you fit into it without even thinking. Ooh. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always be that's always dragging you down to its level of immorality, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So the difference, praise is about God, worship is to God. Praise is opening up to him, worship is entering into his presence. Praise is boldly declaring where worship is humbly bowing down. Praise applauds God for what he has done, but worship responds to God because of who he is. Praise acknowledges the person, but worship responds to the presence. So why is it important to see the difference? If your heart hasn't already put it together, if we're reducing worship to just our praise, even worse, just to an hour, I would, I would argue we haven't started worshiping at all. If our lives are not conforming to the image of God in everything we do, how we treat one another, how we respond to our coworkers, the media we take in, the media we put out there, what we say, what we do, how we give, how we serve, if it's not transforming those things, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Had we started worshiping? 
I think this is what Jesus was talking about in the John 4 encounter where he says, but the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. When we worship God in spirit, he reveals to us who he is. Through revelation, he shows us his word. He shows us his will. And we align ourselves with his truth in worshiping through responding. You can't worship him in spirit and truth and not move and conform your body to bow down to what he says. You can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. So the tie-in Ephesians that Pastor David asked for, all this stuff we've been talking about, receiving the love of God, stepping into our inheritance, taking our seat, resisting, changing the way we think about things, the way we speak about things, and then doing that together, some of us are going to have to bow down because we didn't love all of that and just like, yeah, let's do it. Maybe somebody, it's, I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea that we resist together in community. Yep, church should be a community. But did we look at a way that we can conform our life to that message? Did I really do that? Again, confession of an introvert, did I? Why is praise and worship so important? Number one question, why is praise and worship so important? Why do we praise God? It says angels praise him, creation praises him. Is he an egomaniac? It begs the question. Does he have, does God have self-esteem problems? No. The creator of the universe made all the things, all the things, made reality as we know it. When we praise God, when you praise and you worship him, you are giving him the only thing that he does not own. He cannot create. He can't obtain it. He can't reproduce it. He can't acquire it or buy it. It's the only thing. And here's the thing. It's a little bit risky for me to say that. Like, I don't know about other pastors. I don't love saying God can't. That's just not a favorite statement. It makes me a bit nervous and I have to check myself. So hear me when I say this. I'm not saying he does not have the ability to. I'm not saying he doesn't have the power to. I'm saying he chooses not to. Everything is God's. Everything that has been created has been created by God. He's in control of everything. Nothing that exists wasn't created by him. I want to be very clear with that. There are things he's put in our stewardship, right? He's given us things, but they're still his. Make no mistake. That money, you have it, it's his. That relationship, you have it, it's his. Your job, your properties, your possessions, you have it, it's his. That breath in your lungs and that blood in your heart, you have it. He created it. It's his. So you can steward that. But the only thing he can't create because he chooses not to is your personal praise and worship to him. And it's yours. It's so precious to God because it's yours. I can praise on behalf of Dan and Chris, but I can't praise for Dan and Chris. I can worship on behalf of some things, but I can't do it. I can't do it for them. You're the only one 
in all of existence in the whole timeline of humanity that can give your praise and your worship to God. So I want to invite the band back up. We're going to take a moment. We're going to go there. We're going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity. When you prepare a message, Bible teachers ask themselves two questions. What do you want them to know and what do you want them to do? Told you what I want you to know. <laughs> I have no idea what I want you to do. I hope you'll reflect for a minute. I hope you'll take just a minute and something that stuck out to you. I hope you would reflect and then I hope you would respond. I hope in this next moment, maybe you'll engage in praise and worship in a different way that you haven't before. Maybe. If you're nervous what it might look like, go stand by Eric Jones. He's got you. Maybe, radical enough for Hope Church, we might see people in the altar bowing down. Maybe you'll go to the back so you can dance. I don't know. Maybe you'll sit in your chair and just do a work with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know. It's your worship. But in Psalm 29, 2, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in beauty and holiness. That's what I want us to do. In the, the remaining moments, we try to carve out a little extra time in this next song. Steward what God has given you. But remember, you're the only one that can go to God with what he's due and what he's worthy of in these next few moments. And then maybe possibly ask him beyond 10 minutes from now. What do you want me to do this week? What is praise and worship? What does worship to you, God, look like at work this week? What does it look like at school this week? Does it look like a word spoken to someone? Does it look like a generous gift? Does it look like taking a few more of those red envelopes than I first thought I would? Maybe you want to take some of those red envelopes, give them to family, give them to friends in obedience to help with partner. Y'all, they have 2,500 kids they're hoping for. We can't outgive that project. But let's respond in these next few moments with our worship because he is doing it. Amen? Amen. Amen.